Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and thank you for tuning in to the Transformation for Success show. We are on the Empowerment Show, and now syndicated with the business channel that broadcasts and replays on Saturdays. So, I want to give a big shout out to my local, statewide, and international listeners in China, India, Australia, Ireland, Canada, Korea, Mexico, Greece, the Ukraine, Germany, Spain, Nigeria, the Netherlands, France, and our newcomer, Fiji. So welcome, welcome, welcome. So Transformation for the Success online radio show is the place to be on Tuesdays. And we, again, where we share success stories with strategic business leaders, entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, life and health and wellness coaches, those in entertainment, technology, and sports. Today, I am so delighted I have in the studio my guest, who is the author, speaker, businesswoman, entrepreneur, the notable Miss Verlaine Crawford. So I want you to stay tuned as you're going to hear her fascinating transformational journey. And you can call in. The show is live. And you can call in at 1-888-346-9141. Or if you're calling international at 001-480-553-5754. And you can ask questions of my guest or me. And you can also leave your comments or questions about the show at info at transformationforsuccess.com. You can contact me via my social media handles, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And remember, for those of you who have friends who are not able to listen to the show live today, an archive of today's interview is going to be available at this same link immediately following the show. We're also on iTunes and at voiceamerica.com. You know, I just want to say this to the listeners out there. I know that attending a weekend workshop is not enough, neither reading a book or watching a training video. But what successful people really do, and I, and I say what truly successful people do, is they do it all. So I encourage you to listen daily to audio programs involving successful individuals in the car, in the office, or at home, even if it's just for 15 minutes. Now to my guest today, and I want you to get your pens and pads ready if you're not driving. <laughs> so greetings, Verlaine. Good, good day to you, Dr. Barbara. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Gosh, we finally connected, and I know the listeners are in for a treat today, and I want to share a bit about who you are. So, permit me, Verlaine, while I just give you this fantastic introduction, which you so richly deserve. Verlaine Crawford is an author, speaker, businesswoman, as I said before, an entrepreneur. She's had a variety of life experiences, including writing books, traveling the world, conducting workshops, and holding a variety of interesting positions in corporate America. She's also owner of the High Castle Publishing Company that has produced not one, but three award-winning books. So we're going to talk about them later in the show. So I want you to stay tuned. So, Verlaine, you have had an interesting life. So I want to share, uh, have you share with the listeners a little bit about your early background growing up in Carmel, um, California. Oh, you want me to share a little bit about that? Yeah, share brief a little bit about okay. growing up in Carmel, because I know you had <laughs> quite an experience growing up. Yes, ma'am. Well, yeah, actually, I started in Iowa. I was born in San Francisco, and I grew up in Iowa to the age of 15. Mm-hmm. So Iowa was beautiful. We had uh, forests behind us and the Mississippi River in front of us, and it was uh, just a delightful place to live. And from Iowa, we moved to Carmel, California. That was after uh, a divorce that my mom and dad went through. And uh, it was quite a change. Uh, I felt like a country girl, for sure, coming to (laughs) a very sophisticated Carmel. And uh, the school there was, uh, all the girls looked 
so um, polished compared to me, I thought. But, wow. and it was funny, years later, uh, one of the girlfriends that I had said, you know, nobody trusted you when you came to Carmel. And I said, why was that? He said, because you were smiling all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> you said I was so happy to be in <laughs> such a beautiful place. <laughs> and I have to say uh, to the listening audience, I've met her in person and she's still smiling, <laughs> which is so heartwarming <laughs> when you meet a person that has a smile on their face. You know, you've yeah. had... Uh, you've had such a variety of life experiences. You know, you've written books, you, you've traveled the world, and, and you've had a variety of positions in your, your career. What are some of the things that you think that really stand out uh, that were transformation points in your life? Well, I think the, uh, the being in that beautiful environment in uh, Iowa, and mm-hmm. having all these very wonderful friends. It was really that idea that Hillary Clinton talked about in terms of it takes a village to raise a child. And that whole area, it felt like home. You could go to any mm-hmm. home and, and the kids all got together. And it was it was a very unique experience. It was punctuated when I was 12 when I um, got my feet caught in a lawnmower. I oh, wow. was uh, mowing, and my brother had a mower. He was younger than me. He was only nine, and he had the big automatic mower, and my father oh, wow. had a mower in another part of the, the lawn. And um, I went up the hillside, and I turned around, and uh, my brother was right behind me. He didn't plan to be, and he didn't think I was going to turn around, and I stepped into it. Oh. So I lost my little toe and oh. yeah, cut up the... the top of my foot and uh, it was basically almost a year going in and out of the hospital having skin grafts and mm. uh, I did lose, keep the, the toe was gone and that didn't hurt my balance much but all the other aspects of it were terrible and then a year later my father uh, left the family and oh. so that was um, I, I guess oh. if you, I always try to look at what did I gain from it? What did I mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from that experience? And it certainly was a time of introspection. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was a time of looking at you know who I who I was. It was time of writing poetry <laughs> and doing <laughs> my schoolwork. You know, in the hospital, it was um, it was devastating. And at the same time, later looking back and. Having written this book that we have talked about, Ending the Battle Within, mm-hmm. I see that it was part of the beginning of a uh, a pattern. And the pattern that I had, because I ask myself when I'm doing looking at my past or trying to clear something in my present time, mm-hmm. I ask, mm-hmm. what did it do for me? That's what Ending the Battle Within is about, mm-hmm. because you've got... Mm-hmm different parts of yourself mm-hmm. and those different parts have different beliefs and so you ask that part what were you doing for me and I was trying not I mean it's a, it's a very strange kind of thing but I was trying to save my parents marriage and by I guess sacrificing myself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, and that would bring them together in this distorted part of my being that had that as a way to make that happen. And Mm -hmm. it it sounds strange to even think like that. Mm -hmm. But what I found is that there are parts of us that will create life-threatening events. They'll they'll keep us all alone. They'll Mm -hmm. have us have no money because they Mm -hmm. believe that they're doing something for us. And once you can discover what they're doing for us, you can break the pattern. You can integrate that part of you. So I got into that, but it, that was a huge event in my life. And uh, the second, I want to ask you a question. I just want to interrupt to ask you a question uh, about you, you. You tried to save your parents' marriage, and uh, well, how did what impact did that have upon you when you weren't able to do that? Uh, the impact of uh, doing the integration, you mean, or? Well, you were trying to save your parents. You were saying you were doing things, Johnny, to save their marriage. Oh, to yes, them from yes because they were arguing all the time, and they had, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, there's just a, it was a terrible relationship. Mm-hmm. 
And so the sad thing was it didn't work. <laughs> you know, it just didn't work. They, they, bye, they bye. did separate anyway. And so you go on. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I went to high school, and it, it did change my life. I, if you want to look at the positive, I went to Carmel. I, I mean, the negative is I lost my father, but I, I got to have a an unusually different life. And uh, then I went to Berkeley, and at, all through high school, I thought I wanted to be an astronomer, <laughs> and. Uh, studied physics and trig and all that because I loved the expansiveness of the universe mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. the uni- universal theory and, and mm-hmm. all of that. And But when I was a senior in high school at Carmel, we got to go to the Model United Nations in Berkeley, and mm-hmm. I got to be a representative, and we were representing Uruguay, a small country. Mm-hmm. And that was a real turning point because I got to find out that I could really talk to people, that I could uh, influence their thinking, and I had come up with an idea of mobile educational units in mm-hmm. Uruguay that would you know, help their educational the program, mm-hmm. and I got people to support the idea, you know, and it was it was great. So I then decided, okay, I'll stay on planet Earth. I won't be an astronomer. I'll be in international relations. <laughs> All right. So that well, tell tell me, yeah. you know, one of the things that I know about you because I have had a chat with you, a chat or two. Tell me about the meeting that changed your life. You had this accidental meeting. You're now 22. Oh, yes. And you had an accidental one, meeting with a man on the elevator. When Tell I me met about the man that. in the elevator, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a real huge, huge turning point. Thank you. Um, I was about, let's see, how old was I? 22. 23. <laughs> 22, 22 years old. 23. Yeah, you told me about this story. I'm fascinated. Yeah, I, I was 22, and I uh, was living in L.A. I had uh, was done with college, but I decided I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to be a fashion designer. This is from being an <laughs> international relations to a fashion designer. But I wanted to use my creativity, and so uh-huh. I was living in L.A. and I had I was going to school, working as a cocktail waitress, and I met this man in an elevator, and I was very sad because a friend of mine had died. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very young friend, and mm-hmm. I was um, very upset, and he could see I was upset, this man. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I, I, was, I, was like, I was like you. I was in a terrible shape a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe I can help you. You see, I, mm-hmm. you, you need to make a list. You need, need to make a list of the things you want and a date by which you want them to mm-hmm. happen. And so uh, he proceeded to keep talking about it, and he actually hit a button for the elevator to go back down. It was a mm-hmm. rickety old elevator. And he said, look, I've got to show you that it works. You know, this, this works. Mm-hmm. I was a bum on 6th Street, and my life has changed because I made the list, and mm-hmm. this man told me to make this list. So he takes me outside, and he said, the first thing on the list was a white Thunderbird convertible, and he shows me right out front of the apartment building was this, a beautiful car, uh-huh. and uh, he said, uh, why don't you uh, get in? I want to show you the next thing that was on the list. And at that time, there wasn't that much talk to b- talk about people being kidnapped or hurt or anything. <laughs> right. And I guess right. I thought I, yeah, I thought I could get out of the car, right, because it's a convertible. Mm-hmm. And so he takes me around the corner, and there's a building. And mm-hmm. he says, uh, why don't you, uh, look, come, come, I own this building. I bought this building. I'm going, right, sure he did. And he opens the door to an office, and he says, see, I have it all rented. I only have one more uh, office to rent. And then I'm moving to the penthouse apartment in that building. He points to a building across Wilshire, and he says, uh, that I'm moving there next week. And I'm thinking, this guy must be the janitor. This is why he has a key. (laughs) And I can't believe what he's saying. So we go back to the apartment building, and he said, everything can happen. Make a list. So I get back to my apartment, and I'm thinking, gosh, I got rid of him. 
And I hear a knock on the door, and I thought, oh, no, what now? And he, I open the door, there he stands, and he hands me a book. He hands me As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. And it's a very old book. It was from the beginning of the 19th century. Mm-hmm. But in that book is about how you create your reality. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that book, As a Man Thinketh? I'm I'm familiar with the good book that talks about as a man thinketh, so is he. So, yes, I'm familiar from yeah. the good book. Yeah, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is very interesting, you mm-hmm. know, that with the way we think is what Absolutely. happens what you get. in our life. And I said, wow, I found the, the key, the secret to the life, right? So I made a list, and I made an, what I thought was an impossible list. And I I'm going to hold I right be, there. Because yeah, we're going to take yeah, a quick I mean, break, go for it, and we're right? going to come back and it. find out what happened to the list that you made based on a book, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen. So, listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with my guest today, Verlaine Crawford. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back. To my dynamic guest, Verlaine Crawford, and we're sharing bits and pieces about her life as an author, speaker, inspirational teacher, and she's going to share a lot about what she's been doing, consulting in the areas of advertising, public relations, and we're talking about her personal life and what became a quest for her as we went on break about making a list based on a meeting she had with a man in an elevator. So, Verlaine, what happened when you made your list? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, I I made this impossible list. I said I'd be on television. I'd be living at an apartment at the beach. And um, let's see, what else would I do? I'd be uh, driving an XKE Jaguar on my birthday. Uh And, oh, and that first thing was it was going to be modeling. And so it's like, right. And I put the list away. Oh, and then I put the date. You know, you Mm -hmm. had to put the date by which it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the reason you put the date is so that you can check and see, did it happen by that Mm -hmm. date? And if not, Mm -hmm. look at why not. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first thing that happened is I, uh, it's like a treasure hunt. The way I see making a list is like a treasure hunt. And you listen for clues or watch for clues of what's uh, leading you to a new life. Mm-hmm. And I was, as I was working in a very nice uh, cocktail lounge in a hotel, and I heard people talking about a play. And I asked them where, and the 
play was going to be about the Fountainhead, the book, uh-huh. The Fountainhead by Anne Rand. Uh-huh. And I had read that in college. That was such a, an amazing book about being a powerful individual. I read that book and also. <laughs> you read that too? Yes, yeah, I, read I mean, that it book. was like mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I. Uh, so I asked these people, I said, where are the tryouts for the play? And they said, Capitol Records in Hollywood. And I thought, okay. So I called Capitol Records and asked them, you know, about being in the play. And they said, well, which part do you want? And I said, well, the lead. There was actually only one woman, right? <laughs> right. That <laughs> was the, the key character. And uh, so they said, well, I, you know, how old are you? And I said, oh, I, I'm I'm 22, but I look old. I really look old, you know, because she was like in her 30s, the girl in the book. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I go there, I interview, I start to talk, and she said, why do you want to be an actress? And I said, well, I really want to be a writer. And I don't know why I said that, because I'm there for to do the play, right? But I said, mm-hmm. I want to be a writer. And she uh, went out of the room, she said, okay, just a minute, and she came back with the head of the magazine, uh, keynotes, which wrote about the, the recording artist, and he said, how would you like to work on the magazine? And so I got to be uh, an assistant editor on the magazine, <laughs> and I quit everything else. I left the, you know, no more cocktails, no more uh, fashion design. I'm doing what mm-hmm. I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the art director, a few, about a month later, said, how would you like to model for the magazine? So there I am sitting on a stereo <laughs> in the in the magazine, and as I think I thought about it later, well, I didn't ask for the cover of Vogue, you know, I just said I would be modeling. So then a boyfriend called and said, "You can be on TV," and it was a computer dating game before we had computers, and they had uh, dinner at the Magic Castle. I'd always wanted to go to the Magic Castle, so I got to be on TV, and so I went looking for an apartment at the beach and didn't even look in the paper or anything at the time, just uh, today would say we didn't look it up on the internet. But I drove from Newport Beach north to Long Beach, got to Belmont Shores, and got the feeling to turn left, and there was this darling apartment on the, at the beach that I could afford. And the final thing was I started dating a, a fellow who had sports cars, and one of them was a yellow XKE Jaguar, and on my birthday, he asked me if I wanted to drive it. <laughs> I didn't ask to own yellow XKE Jaguar. I just said I would like to be driving one. So those things happen and now I'm thrilled, I'm excited, I'm going to be, I have a secret of the world and I would tell everyone to make a list and I was watching and watching to see what happened and then I learned about affirmations, you know, I will have $10 million by the time I'm 22 and a half, you know, I mean, just all these things that we do Uh uh to get our life together, especially people that are interested in finding new ways of handling life. And, uh, And then I realized after a few years that everything wasn't happening. It, it would, it would come close or it would not quite happen the way you wanted it to. And that's when I started to look into what's missing, what's Mm -hmm. missing in Mm -hmm. the game. Well, you know, it's very interesting because um, I do know that, uh, well, I want to say not that I know, but I want to ask this. If you conclude, and you have said this, and we've talked before, so Verlaine, I wanted the listeners to hear this, because if we conclude that our thoughts actually do affect and what we write down, our environment, and it moves us to create what we desire and what we fear, then what would you say to listeners out there about their thoughts? Because, you know, you get negative thoughts, you get positive thoughts. So how do we know what we're thinking and believing that there are truisms within us? Well, you, you, have, to, you have to take some time and look. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and the the main thing is you look at your life. Mm-hmm. It, your life, to me, is a biofeedback system. Mm-hmm. So you look at an event that is happening or has happened in the past, 
And you said, you say to yourself, what did I believe that made that happen? And so you look at what takes place. A a nice example was I really wanted a very presentable place to live. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like to have uh, lots of light, you know, and you start thinking about what you want, and then all of a sudden you see it. Even though there's many other things that don't fit, you find one that fits. So the fears are amazing because the fear has so much energy on it. Oh, well, I tell you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the fear brings it to you faster. So what you have to do with your desires, the things you want, you have to get excited about it because it's the same energy. Mm -hmm. The energy Mm -hmm. of fear is excitement turned backward, and the Uh energy of excitement is pulling that. It's a magnet, you know, that's pulling it to you. Well, I'm going to get excited (laughs) in a minute. No, (laughs) you have to. Well, you do. That's part of the reason you're so successful. (laughs) And I have been successful because you start getting excited about what you want and what is fun for you instead of what is upsetting to you. You know, now, I can say all that, and yet, at the age of 27, I had a very negative experience. And that was that that I was stabbed in a parking garage. Uh-huh. And you can just say, well, what kind of uh, thinking was that, Verlaine, that you would get that event to happen to yourself? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and of course, that was really important to me to find out because it was terrible. You know, I'm uh-huh. in a parking garage and this guy comes up and he goes past me and he's dressed in a guard uniform. But I got an intuitive feel that I needed to run. But instead of following my intuition, I argued with my intuition. And listen, mm-hmm. anybody, please, mm-hmm. that is listening mm-hmm. to this broadcast, if mm-hmm. you get an indication of a thought that comes out of the blue, you're out driving and it says, turn right, or get off to the side, or uh, mm-hmm. run, believe me, follow that immediately. Don't argue. We have to trust our intuition. Yes, And do. I didn't. And this guy grabbed me around my neck, had a knife at my throat, and started dragging me across or pushing me across the room to go out another door. And uh, we happened to end up in front of two elevators, and because it was a little room with two elevators and two doors. And the other elevator came down, and two men started to come out. They happened to be lawyers who had been coming down to get their baseball uniforms. And one of them actually felt he told me later that he, and this brings tears to my eyes, that he was in another elevator with his friends, and he said, you know what, why don't we go down and get our baseball uniforms now? And they got out and went into another elevator, and he said it to me, it actually felt like I was being pushed to get in that other elevator to oh, wow. in front wow. of you. Wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he, that- he that Go was ahead. a major crisis. You you had a collapsed lung as a result of this man stabbing you. And yes. something happened a few months, six months later, uh, in that same building where you were working. So that was like you had a double whammy. You had a bomb threat that was on the floor yeah, that you were working. Yeah, I was working in this beautiful building, and it, it, that happened, and I tried to go back and work. I tried to find him with the police, and then I heard uh, bomb threat, 15th floor, everybody out of the building. And that was it. I said, I'm going home. I'm going back to Carmel. I'm not going to work in a war zone. And, so- um, and I did, and that, that helped a tremendous amount to shift my mind. And that's when I ended up at a, about two years later, I actually it was longer than that, about five years later, ended up at a workshop in Carmel at the, the people who had started neurolinguistics programming, NLP it's called. And it's the idea that, you know, you've got thoughts and beliefs that are imprinted in your brain. And they get imprinted through the programming that we receive from our family, our friends, and from the media. And mm-hmm. it, we, we are so easily programmed, Dr. Barber. You know that as a psychologist, mm-hmm. isn't it? I mean, amazing mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. It gets, we get programmed. <laughs> and, you know, the thing that I wanted to uh, share with you, because 
uh, I know from your own story that it took three years of work to overcome your fear. And the reason why I say yeah. that because the for many listeners out there, I know that what happens with many of us, we want stuff quick. We want to get healed quickly. We want we live in such a fast food fast, everything fast forward uh, society, uh, immediate gratification now, that it takes time to heal. And so it took you three years. And then you began to understand how these events manifest. And you discovered something that I want you to share. What did you discover? I almost wanted to say Dr. Verlaine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I discovered is I went to this workshop, and he said, in a, it was a three-day workshop, and there was this little section, and he said, I'm going to teach you about this, you know, integration. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, do I have a volunteer? And I raised my hand, and I got to be the volunteer. And I used the stabbing as my, as my reason for doing this integration. And mm-hmm. to find out why and what happened. Why did that take place? If I believe mm-hmm. my thoughts create my reality, and, mm-hmm. and, that, and there seemed to be a lot of proof for that, mm-hmm. then why would I create something like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I... Um, he had me uh, separate the two parts of me, the parts of me that, the part of me that wanted to be safe and not be stabbed, and the part of me that thought that that was a solution to something. And I'm going, yeah, right. And in the process, I saw that, again, it was part of this pattern of trying to keep someone I loved in my life by having a terrible event. And it was like, oh, my God, this poor part of me. Yeah, I mean, it was that John had moved to San Francisco. He was uh, getting a position up there. He got a a job up there, and it was great. Things were going ahead. But this part of me that has, you know, several times, a number of times, I felt abandoned. Felt the only. This is you see. This is the way the the brain works. The, the mind works. It's it's mm-hmm. strange. Mm-hmm. Parts of us are like little beings, the little parts of us. His personality that has this method of helping us. It thinks it's helping us, and you know. And then and I had this fear for many years of being attacked. And from the time even in Carmel, I'd go to the beach and I'd stand with my back to the road and I'd say, you won't be afraid, you won't be afraid. I mean, there was a lot of different patterns that were mm-hmm. there that mm-hmm. worked to create this magnetic experience of that happening to me. And so I asked that part of me in, in this integration that I've gone ahead and developed in my own book, Ending the Battle Within, mm-hmm. I asked that part. What are you doing for me? I'm saving you. I'm protecting you. I'm trying to have you um, have the people you love in your life and all this silliness. You know, it, it, I'm not saying those parts of us are smart. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they are. Mm-hmm. They're often not very smart at all. You know, and uh, so it's asked, then you ask, okay, what if there's a way you could do that and you never have to be hurt again? You could have the people you love in your life, and you don't have to have accidents. You don't have to have uh, right. Uh, right. people at costing you. You know, so you, you can do it without that. So and what? Ask that part to go to the creative part of you to okay. come up with three ways that that can happen, and you don't have to know what those three ways are. It will just start happening and changing the dynamic in your mind so that you don't have to have these kind of events. And then you bring the two parts together, the one that doesn't want to be stabbed or hurt or accidents or sickness or whatever it is that is stopping you and bring that together with the part that thought it was helping you and bring them to your heart. I just have a question before we go on break again, is that this incident in particular led you to see and know 
that we are not victims of anything outside our own manifestations brought on by our own beliefs about life. That's what I hear you saying. So, I have another question. How does our spiritual growth, well, I I don't don't know if I want to get into that at this point, but um, explain what you mean by various parts of your being and who are they and what's their purpose, and we're going to do that when we come back after this quick break. So, listeners, stay tuned as we listen to what's next in your life and what is Dr. I'm calling her Dr. Verlaine going to say. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with my guest, Verlaine Crawford. Thank you. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to my fantastic discussion and very informative discussion with Verlaine Crawford, who's sharing about integration technique, some of the techniques and some of the things that she learned with an incident in particular to help her to see that we're not victims of anything outside our own manifestations brought on by our own beliefs about life. We don't have to have negative experiences is what I've heard you saying, Verlaine. We don't have to have fear going on in our life and be stabbed in a parking lot, right? Just to bring attention. Yes. We don't have to have that. <laughs> okay. So you had well, talked about. It's, Go ahead. Right. It's difficult because there's so much that we are, we're being programmed all the time to have fear. And that there's a lot to be afraid of, we think. And that's where going to this higher level of consciousness, going toward God, going toward uh, the universal spirit, and listing your energy so that you are guided uh-huh. and you don't have to have all of this um, mental uh, mind stuff that is being uh, broadcast and programmed into you. And I, the way I compare that is like our mind is like a, a personal computer and God and the universe are is, a, uh, is the Internet, <laughs> only uh-huh. much greater than the Internet. So we have been working on a limited program, and we don't need to work on that limited program anymore. My question, too, because the the title of our show today is Living a Harmonious Life. Is it possible? So what would you say to listeners who are not living harmonious lives, and their lives have been difficult in so many ways, Verlaine, what would you say to them that are listening well, it is a big, it's a, it's a challenge, and the mm-hmm. challenge is to look at the idea that there's people outside of you usually mm-hmm. is what causes the disharmony. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're all by yourself, usually, uh, you know, living in a cave, there's nothing to be <laughs> disharmony with, but right. if you can think of the people outside of you as being a part of you, that those parts are showing up, and if they're making you angry or they've got, uh, they've got some kind of thing going on that really upsets you, you, you need to look and see that you probably have that part of you inside of you, except 
the one outside of you is acting in an extreme. They're Mm -hmm. acting extremely in the way that they're doing whatever they're doing. And so by realizing, yes, I have been angry. Yes, I have made mistakes. I have done many, many things that this person outside of me or this government or this world is doing, (laughs) then we can integrate that part of us and not have to be so angry at it. We don't have to be so upset all the time. And what I've learned is particularly now with all the uh, political stuff that's going on and so much uh, upset Mm -hmm. that is being programmed into us continuously is if you look again at both sides, not both sides of their question so much, not so much what he said and she said or what they said and we said, it's how do we look at it as a whole? How do we see this so that we can bring it together within ourselves? These parts of us that have these beliefs are like individual persons, and they have their own little domain, their little place that they're gathering proof for their belief. And so they will uh, adhere to anything that will encourage that belief until you say, wait a minute, is this belief serving me? Is it, is it working for mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. <laughs> I love, I love uh, your book, Ending the Battle Within. Um, this this book, listeners, you've got to get. Um, the, the, one of the things I'm going to share out of your book, if you don't mind, because it just resonated with me. When we talk about living a harmonious life, and I'm going to read what you said in your book. That prayer, and, and particularly during the tumultuous time that we're living in now with all of the things that are going on in the political world and in the world in general, prayer, meditation, and forgiveness are the most powerful tools you can use in creating a loving, peaceful, and joyful life. As you turn your attention to Christ or God, You allow your mind, your body, and your spirit to form a holy trinity. By learning to quiet your mind as you contemplate the infinite source of all love, you can become one with that source. And I think that that is, to me, beautiful, beautifully said, Verlaine, in your book, Ending the Battle Within. So... In those moments that you're saying to release all of the pain that we have, because so many people are going through pain and frustration, fear and anger. And you know that as well as I do, because we're meeting people every day. And I know there are listeners out there that are listening to this show, Transformation for Success, because it's time to transform your life. And it's so easy. And it's not difficult. I think it's a made-up mind. So I just want to... uh, talk a little bit about the book, Ending the Battle Within, How to Create a Harmonious Life Working for You. Um, What motivated you to write this book, Verlaine? Because it's just, it really, it has helped me quite a bit tremendously and to share with others as well. Well, thank you. And it's so amazing that you read that. When I, before we started the show, I laid down on my bed and I was, opened my book and I hadn't done that for a while. And I opened that page, that very page, which is in toward the back of the book. And I uh, and you read it. <laughs> that is just amazing. Well, I know uh, I know who's in control. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really synchronicity is amazing. So yes, how did I start to write it? I I just would like to say that my life has been so full and fascinating, and yes, it's mm-hmm. only when I don't listen to guidance, when I don't go to that place where you say, uh, God's will be done, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all else will be added unto you. When I'm in that space, when I'm in that thinking, I, it's just miracles happen one after another. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in... Uh, and it was around, oh, gosh, I, it was in 1987 that I 
got involved in a, a book that was called The Green Stone. And I was going to be making a, I was wanted to get make a film about it. And so I went to Europe and met the people involved and so forth. And I came home and was working on the project. And yet something was off about the project. I, I didn't know what it was. And to stop me, I fell down some steps and I broke my foot and my rib at a movie theater. I fell forward when the lights went out oh, and I was no. trying to help oh, my no. mom come, come up the stairs. And uh, so I did those two things. And then two weeks later, I thought I should be all well. I was still on crutches and um, I fell backward and I cracked my spine. And so the, the spirit and God wanted to stop me from what I was doing. It was important, and mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. flat on my back. Mm-hmm. And I felt like a, uh, a, a caterpillar that had gone into the cocoon and was, uh, you know, hopefully going to come out a butterfly, but I was felt like I was in pieces, like Humpty Dumpty. You know, oh, wow. Off the right. Wall. right. And uh, anyway... I started looking at all those different parts of me that all seemed to be arguing. And and I saw a TV show about a, a woman who had uh, multiple personalities. It wasn't that really awful story that I couldn't even hardly watch about one that did, but it was one that she was an artist and she was all these different parts. And I thought, gee, that looks familiar. So I decided to write about those different parts of me that I was aware of, like the the businesswoman, the the healer, the the educator, you know, uh-huh. and all uh-huh. these different parts that I could think about. And I came up with twelve, and I started working with them and try. So I sort of thought of them like a board of directors inside uh-huh. of me. And uh-huh. then I realized there were a whole bunch more, which I call the keepers of my keepers of the beliefs. And I started looking at that, and I didn't name them. I just realized they were there and that they would come up ever so often where I would really begin begin to see the beliefs that were helping me and the beliefs that were hurting me. And that's how I started writing the book. And it was for me to begin with, and I guess that we'd all end up doing the stuff for ourselves first because we can only heal ourselves first. That's right. You can't give what you don't have. I always use that line. You can't give what you don't have. An empty cup cannot fill another cup. So I want to yeah. just sort of, as we close sort of the show, um, another part in your book um, that I'll read as we close the show, if you don't mind, Verlaine. And it's so it. great as to remember that you can have a harmonious life. And as Verlaine Crawford has said, know that your thoughts and your beliefs do create your reality. And so, in her book, she says, If it is true that God knows the true desires of your heart, then imagine that those desires and purposes are sitting before you, hidden in a beautifully wrapped gift box. This gift is wrapped in gorgeous, multicolored paper and is tied with a special silk ribbon that is your box and the only way that you can open that box is by quieting your mind and operating to the universal power of God you can know and you can appreciate and you can live your highest purpose in life so I just want you to share a little bit more, too, uh, about that book, because there, this book is really is a book that you must get. So I'm telling the listeners, uh, I want you to get the book, Ending the Battle Within, because you can heal your life. And as Verlaine has shared today, Verlaine, where can they get this book? So I want you to share where they can get your book. Well, yeah, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Um the way I usually start my workshops, which I relate to the book, is we think of ourselves as captain of the ship, master mm-hmm. of our fate. Mm-hmm. But I see it as a pirate ship, and the crew okay. is planning mutiny. <laughs> okay. And that that crew is all those different parts of you. 
And unless you understand your crew and you, you want them to all want the same thing, they want your highest good, but they want to get to your highest good often in a, in a different way. One of the parts says, well, I want to go home. Another one says, I want to go to that island. Another one says, I want to travel around the world. You know, and they, that causes a lot of confusion. And we have to get into that peaceful place within ourselves. It's when I realize finally that if I want to be a peacemaker, the only place that I can truly make peace is within myself. Right. And I, it, and I have had that. I mean, it's, it's the most beautiful feeling. When you have all those different voices speaking to you and yelling at you in your head, it's, I call it a bowling alley. It's like it's so noisy. But when you start listening to them and saying, okay, one at a time now, just like children, what, well, what is it that you want? What right. is it that you're trying to accomplish? Right. Let me help you. Right. Well, Verlaine, you know, I want to just thank you today as we sort of conclude the show because we all know how hard it is to try to change some of those negative patterns that we have because we don't know what's inside of us that really needs changing. And that's a quote from you. So I want my listeners out there, live your best thoughts every day. And draw the success and joy that you so richly deserve. And Verlaine, I cannot thank you enough. We'll have to have you on for part two so we can talk about the butterfly effect. And probably we'll do that in January where we can talk more extensively about what you're doing. And I just want to thank you again because what you're doing is laudable. And I know you're doing workshops as you're setting up for corporations. And so if you'd like to get a hold of Miss Crawford, you can get a hold of her at www.verlainecrawford.com or www.crawfordmarketingconsultants.com. This is Dr. Barbara Young saying goodbye and be blessed, be encouraged and lovable and love yourself. And thank you so much for listening to the show today with my guest, Miss Verlaine Crawford. Until then, don't forget to share the Transformation for Success show with your friends. Have a very blessed week. And thank you for listening. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.